Reading and writing are doomed. Literacy as we know it, it's over. Welcome to the post-literate future. This is Beyond Literacy Radio. Beyond Literacy Radio explores the possibility of a post-literate future where reading and writing have been replaced or displaced by something more profound and advantageous. Beyond Literacy Radio, exploring a post-literate future. Alrighty, we're gonna get going. Okay, folks, okay, folks, come on, listen up. It's time to focus. We've gotta get back to work here. We're back in the studio. We need to produce that last episode of Beyond Literacy Radio. As you know, this course really hasn't been a destination kind of course. It's not really about finding the answers. It's all about the journey. And a big part of that for us has been getting lost, going down dead ends, rethinking what we thought we knew, and then also reconfirming things that were good to us. And I kind of want to explore that in the last episode. You know, I really like to imagine that the best discussions you folks have around the course happens over dinner with your family or maybe at the bar with your friends. I think that's when the really interesting stuff probably comes out. So that's what I want to look at. What have we learned? How have we changed throughout this course? We want to tell that story in the last episode. So remember at the beginning of the course, I asked all of you if you thought becoming post-literate was likely? A few said yes, some of you said no way, and some of you said maybe. It's the maybe folks that really intrigued me. What are you thinking now? Let's see if we can pull that together in the final episode. Let's see if we can put the interviews we did with our class into some sort of context. I want to see how far we've come. And I want to see whether those maybes have moved off the fence. 13 weeks. It's been about 13 weeks since our first episode of Beyond Literacy Radio. Can't wait to see what the class does with its last episode. They've really come a long way. So have I. I started the semester with a vague understanding of post-literacy. Reading and writing are doomed, Mike keeps saying. In the beginning, that's all I could get a handle on. But here, at the end of 13 weeks, I can at least say that I know a bit more about what post-literacy might be. So, I asked you, what is post-literacy? What does it mean to you? It's a really simple question, uh, but we got lots of really interesting and different answers, divergent answers. Let's see what we've got here. I really like this one because it's so straight up and simple. Post-literacy means to me a future beyond written language. Okay, but what does that really mean? Is it really just about moving to some sort of new tool? Isn't there something more profound that's happening here? Somewhere, one of you talked about this. Yeah, yeah, here it is. This is the one. Post-literacy to me means reconsidering how we communicate and the efficacy of our communication. And here's another one that takes that whole idea even deeper, I think. Post-literacy is a new medium of communicating, but also a new model for consciousness and knowledge creation. Of course, you know, not all of you are happy about all this. I mean, throughout the class, you really challenged me about this idea. In fact, you went to the dark side of post-literacy pretty quickly and pretty often. Take a listen to this one, for example. 
Post-literacy means a terrifying, uncertain future without books, reading, or writing, and possibly even without humans. Apparently, I have a lot of convincing still to do. But there are still a few fence-sitters out there. I'm going to try working on them. Post-literacy to me is still a hypothesis about a society without reading and writing. So I'm a little more accepting, but I'm still mulling it over. If that's what post-literacy is, then I guess I still have to decide, is it something I want? I'm pretty sure that Mike thinks that moving beyond literacy is inevitable. Mike even thinks it's going to happen soon, something that a lot of the students fought him on. And of course, Mike thinks that post-literacy is a good thing. I can definitely see some advantages to not relying so heavily on reading and writing. Remember that episode we did? The one where reading and writing were addictions? Fetishes? Put that in context and I'd be happy to switch tools. So defining post-literacy may be less helpful than trying to describe why it would be a good thing. Let's, let's try that for a bit. And you know me, I'm pretty Pollyanna about this sort of stuff. For me, post-literacy is an advantageous future. I was intrigued that some of you thought about post-literacy not as an end in itself, but a kind of a way of thinking about change and transformation, a thought experiment, a window into a new way of thinking. That was kind of intriguing. I think the best thing about post-literacy is it kind of forces you to move outside of your comfort zone and examine new ways of interacting with other people and sort of mentally explore ways that may not exist now, but that could exist in the future. And it's, it's good to sort of begin to get a handle on what that sort of future might look like before it actually happens. Now, I really doubt that the distant folk who created and shaped the alphabet thought it would be as fundamentally transformational as you seem to think that post-literacy will be. I think they were probably more likely interested in keeping track of their cows or trying to remember what a deal they made with their neighbor. You, however, have pretty lofty expectations for post-literacy. In its best possible incarnation, I imagine a post-literate future to mean a place where everyone is more connected and possibly people have more empathy for each other. So hopefully it would force humans to treat each other better and, you know, foster in this new age of equality and uh, justice. Well, perhaps post-literacy won't save the world in quite the way you thought it would. But it would definitely open up new pathways, new ways of understanding the world and each other. For example, I really like these two clips. Um, what's good about it is I think going forward in the future as technology evolves, we do need to find new tools to express ourselves. And language as, and written language is really something we've been using for a long time and it should evolve. The best thing about post-literacy to me is intellectually expanding and being open to new possibilities and just opening our minds further when it comes to literacy and communication and I think that is a good thing. Of course you folks are all studying information as a discipline so I was kind of surprised that none of you talked about the future of information containers. What are the book-like things of the post-literate world? Are there such things? You know that I think the future of information is less about digital and more about biochemical. It's more about the mind. One of you talked about this in one of your interviews. The, one of the good things about post-literacy, I feel, is that 
we live in such a multimedia society already in an age of multiple media and I, and I think multiple ways of expressing ourselves and that might be you know I think post-literacy is a way another way for uh, you know the human the human race to uh, express themselves in different forms I don't think we give the human mind enough credit um, the capability of what we can create and I think a post-literate future um, one of the best things would be where we can come together, to, you know, as a way of creating. So if post-literacy is more about making transparent the life of the mind, about embodied information, then this opens up profound new opportunities. The constraints of visible language and the handcuffs of the alphabet, they just disappear. I think those are the real advantages of post-literacy. An optimistic part of post-literacy is uh, that by opening ourselves up to non-linear thinking, I think we're also opening ourselves up to more complex ideas. Maybe I'm just fundamentally grumpy, but I have a hard time shaking some suspicions about life beyond literacy. I know Mike thinks my worries are bogus. Oh, he probably thinks I'm chicken, or selfish, or worse, close-minded for balking at the idea of giving up my dependence on different literacies. Still, I think it's healthy to worry. Prisoners of literacy, that's what I call all you folks who cling to the written word, desperate to defend it, even as its utility diminishes. Prisoners, I say. But even I can't deny that post-literacy has a dark side, a possible set of negative outcomes. Things could go wrong. We could lose important things. When we talked about the dangers of post-literacy, among those things you were concerned about was loss. Loss of a part of human life and experience. Loss about an important way we understand ourselves. It, it seems that the idea of um, moving beyond literacy into a post-literate world kind of hinges on abandoning the literacies we have now, like the written word and texts. And um, I really just, maybe emotionally or mentally, I'm not prepared to let that go just yet. What happens to the human record? Um, who's going to remember us when, when we're gone? This regret was matched by something much more pointed. A post-literate world challenged our sense of self, and this really concerned you. In the worst case, post-literacy would connect us all in ways we can't even begin to imagine now, destroying all individuality and privacy. It also concerned you that a new social or political order would emerge. The information divide would become a gulf and the result would be coercive. If post-literacy evolves along a path of concentrated ownership, um, access could, if access is based on profit, we could be creating a knowledge class with a huge amount of power and control. Now, it's pretty hard to disagree with this, and it's clear that we're going to have to be vigilant. You've said that many times. But none of these things to me suggest that we shouldn't go there. We shouldn't move towards post-literacy. So I want to end with this clip, which I know is pretty self-serving. The thing that... I like least or I think might be most difficult about a post-literate future is that it might be a really long time coming. Now that's the kind of danger I can get on board with. It's funny. We spent 13 weeks talking about what it would be like to leave behind the communication tools we use every day. And throughout those 13 weeks, the students were adding new tools to their utility belts. 
None of them had made radio before. Everyone learned to listen and collaborate and research and create in ways that they hadn't before. And while all of them were absolutely competent academic writers, only a few had any experience writing with narrative in mind. Making radio for them lay on some kind of border between what they were familiar with and what was entirely unknown. I think form really matched function in this class. We worked to sort out what our radically new communication tools might look like by expanding the list of tools we've already got. All this is good, but you know what? There's something missing here for me. It's the radio piece. The fact that we explored post-literacy in what was a new medium for us. Sure, we all listened to radio, but we had never made radio, and the difference is profound. The dislocation that we imagined post-literacy to be was mirrored in a way in our own dislocation with having to create with unfamiliar tools, tools that were awkward and frustrating sometimes. But sometimes it was also a window on how we thought most post-literacy might be, a kind of a visceral experience. And there's another thing to me. It has always been important to me that the entire Beyond Literacy thought experiment had to be conducted not in an obscure academic journal or some specialized conference, but in public, for anyone to hear, for anyone to engage with. Radio did that in so many different ways. Hearing you talk about how radio informed your understanding of post-literacy brought the whole project full circle for me. I came in to this class thinking about post-literacy as this thing that would never happen and I was very staunchly against it. And then we did radio, which would seem really difficult and new because it was a different technology, but it was actually really positive. And so it's very disruptive, that feeling of having something you aren't familiar with actually turn out well. And I think that could be the same for post-literacy. I think for me, it just kind of gave me like a taste of what a post-literate future might be like because we talked a lot about kind of a collective or a hive mind. And I think that making a radio show with a group of people was some of the most collaborative work that I've ever done. And I think it really uh, made us think differently about communicating with others and creating something together. I think that it's more public in that the idea isn't necessarily confined to the, the academic value of an idea. It's more the social value of the idea, the, the ability for that idea to be shared in a broad sense, whereas an academic paper, you're, you're focusing it to one specific audience, and it's, it's what they want to hear as opposed to what you want to say. For me, making radio in this course didn't finitely answer what a post-literate future might look like or what post-literacy in that moment will be. Rather, it really made me start to think through quite closely and critically about how we might even arrive at that future. And it made me think that we won't immediately and irreversibly put down all the literate skills we currently have to arrive at that future. Rather, they'll change form or shape or constitution um, to be used in a different way in that moment. We say there's a right tool for the job, and I think our tools will stay the same, but the job is going to change. For me, I mean, performing radio 
in this class for the first time experiencing that, it really reminded me of going back to an earlier time in civilization where we were an oral culture, sharing stories, sharing lives, myth-making and ideas. And I, I think it's about connection. I want to know that somebody out there has the same fears and the same concerns that I have. And I think people will always try and find ways to share that through stories. Uh, and, and that's ever-evolving and ever-emerging. I think there's a whole other terra incognita out there that we've yet to explore. And, uh, and I, I think we're really explorers. I think we're on the verge of something. What I'm really trying to say is that there are so many listeners out there and we're sharing these stories and the ideas across, o across oceans, across continents, and, and lending an ear, you know, and I think that's really profound. So thanks for listening. So here we are, last day in class. We're wrapping this up, but the project is going to go so far beyond what we've done this semester. Sure, we found some answers. But the fundamental goal of the course was to imagine a post-literate future, instead of, say, read a 7th edition textbook on the subject. So I think it's fair to say that we also generated a ton of questions, most of which we can't answer yet. If there are advantages to being post-literate, let's hope the humans of the future are savvy enough to take them. If there are dangers, let's hope that we can set the humans of the future up to gracefully avoid them. After 13 weeks, a lot of excitement, and a lot of skepticism, it seems to me like the best way to take the idea of post-literacy seriously is to live it. And if a post-literate future is coming anyway, well, let's make the one that we want. Beyond Literacy Radio is a thought experiment conducted by a team of graduate students at the iSchool of the University of Toronto. I'm Michael Ridley, the instructor in the course. For more information and to participate in the dialogue, go to beyondliteracyradio.com and join the conversation on Twitter, at Beyond Literacy.